Congratulations. Congratulations. You're listening to Congratulations Pine Tree, the Bay's number one arts and culture podcast with me, Kate Rhodes. And me, Maysoon Wazwaz. Okay, Maysoon, we missed a couple weeks because we were both in a severe depression. And just totally fucked up. <laughs> but we're back on track and we're going to be on track now for the rest of our lives. Would you agree with that? <laughs> yes. Okay, totally. fantastic. I think, you know, what is it called? Where you're visioning. It's, this is part of our vision board, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, manifesting. Manifesting to be a... Do you believe in that? I don't. Uh, I think it's more just... I don't I don't really believe in, like, manifesting. I think what it basically is saying, like, if you focus on what you want and you work towards it, then you might get it, is what I feel like that really means. Well, yeah, I think that's it. As opposed that's to just being accurate. like, I wish I had this, and then, like, you just walk away and, like, go in the corner and scratch your for the next three days. Like, you're not going to get anything. Oh, my God, don't your- they scratch your I'm bleeping that. <laughs> Why? Does that offend you? Because it's extremely offensive. Why? Really? I don't know why. I don't care about talking about semen or like livers exploding. Oh my goodness. Scratch your your is too much. (laughs) You know, I was just with my uh, husband's family and they have such, their humor is like major potty humor. Oh, no. Like, it's all of them. Like, the 70-year-old aunt, the 80-year-old mom, the 60-year-old brother, the 40-year-old brother, the kid, the 14-year-old. And I'm just like, my Midwestern, like, prudishness is like, oh, my God, I cannot handle this. (laughs) Is that Midwestern, though? The prudish? I feel like the Midwest is very potty humor. Oh, really? I feel like the prudishness, as my friend Anastasia said... No potty, yes body is my approach, but I think in the Midwest it's yes potty, no body. Oh, uh, you and I are from very different Midwests, though, too. I would say so. I'm not totally sure. Well, you're from like the fucking third biggest city in the U.S. I know exactly, but and, and I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of potty talk in that. Town. I'm sure there's plenty of potty talk in Chicago. I think it's just like my family, like my mom and the way she was raised. Okay. And I'm so offended by this entire conversation. Wait, why? Because I don't want to think about the word or the concept <laughs> <Potty>. of a potty. <laughs> I'm bleeping it. Oh my god! Can I'm, you do, every time I say it, I'm like bleeping a flush, it. a flush bleep. Oh God, no, Mason! <laughs> Fuck off. Oh no! You know what? You're right. I just realized now that I'm I'm playing onto your like fear, uh, and I apologize. I didn't mean to do that. Yes, actually. my my bathroom anxiety. I did is not mean to do that. I swear to God, I was, and I'm just now realizing it. When I said the word flush, I was like, oh no, that's Kate's worst thing. You know, I haven't even begun to work on that with my therapist yet. So I'm glad you brought it up, so I can <laughs> I can remember to write it down. Put it on your list. <laughs> Put it on, on my list, my endless list of mental issues. <clears throat> oh man, that sounds like a good thing to work on. I need a therapist. Mental issues for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, for sure, exactly. Oh yeah, get a therapist, Mason. I believe in them. I do believe in them. They're fucking impossible to find. 
That's the, that is the problem. I uh, I was trying to go through my health insurance, and they gave me a like a therapy group that's based in San Diego, and I was like, I can't. What the fuck? <laughs> because because all therapy sessions at the time were all online or for primarily online, so they probably were like, yeah. it doesn't matter. This is the cheapest group, and who cares if the therapists are in in San Diego because you'll be meeting with them online. But I was kind of like. I feel like the Bay Area and San Diego are culturally very different, and I just didn't feel good about it. I was like, I kind of want someone up in this neighborhood or up, you know, in the Bay Area who has a sense of what's going on up here. And so then I had to go back I and saw. ask for groups that were actually in the Bay Area. And then that that was like six months later, and I I just lost like I lost momentum. But I'm still I'm still like very aware of the fact that I need to like have some conversations. <laughs> I recently read an article that insurance companies are providing their clients with lists of mental health providers who are not actually a network, not actually taking new patients, and that they do this cynically um, to keep people from accessing mental health care so that they don't have to pay for it. Well, that's exactly what they've done with me. I mean, they made it, well, they've made they've it somewhat difficult with me. where I'm like, oh. So then my option is to like, Right, probably what you're doing. Find a private person, which is like usually way yeah, more and then, expensive. And, well, and then I am I submit um, like a super bill, like a, a itemized whatever mega bill to my insurance for reimbursement. Oh, but it takes forever. Wow, so you're paying up front a, a large chunk, and yeah. then it takes forever for them, and then getting re and then get reimbursed. Do they reimburse you for most of the items, or is it sort of partial reimbursement? Yeah. Oh, that's great. No, yeah, they reimburse for, um, yeah, it ends up being only like, I forget, like 15 bucks or some shit. Oh, like, like a really copay, cheap. like a copay amount. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad you figured work that out. And do you like it's your still therapist? still a huge drag, though. Oh, I'm yeah. mad at them. It's a huge drag. Yeah, I love my therapist. See, that's good. And this was like through like the your health insurance. It's like, you could use these different groups and you found someone through through that or... No, dude, that's the thing. When I tried to look at their list of providers, oh. I mean, some of the numbers didn't even go to anywhere. Oh, no. Like, like I just went down, because I was so desperate to find someone, I just was going down and calling every single person on the list. Yeah. And I, the only person who actually would schedule an appointment with me mm-hmm. ended up being somebody that had this huge racist scandal <gasps> that she posed as a, like, she... She posed as an immigration attorney and threatened to call ICE on people outside of her house because oh my they god. were speaking Spanish. Oh my god! I know. Oh my god! I'm putting a link to the article. What? I'm putting a link to the article. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And I was like, no wonder you have openings. Yeah, because you're a fucking asshole. Because you should have your pariah. license taken away from you. Quite honestly. Well, it was really disturbing because this woman was like on like the Oakland City Board of oh Mental Health God. What? and stuff like that. Politics. Yeah, dude. Politics right there. there and I is. can't remember. Wait, let me say her name because people need to watch mm-hmm. out. That's right. Call her out. Listeners, if you have any advice or stories about mental health uh, providers, feel free to give us a, a ring. A ding ding. Yeah. I feel like this is all arts related. Everyone's got to take care of themselves first. And then oh, others. this is like the most <laughs> heart art thing that we could possibly talk about. Yeah. Oh, Leslie Franklin. Okay. Leslie Franklin. Everyone beware. If you're looking for a therapist, best to avoid Leslie Franklin for now. 
Probably forever. I don't know if people change. People can change. Anyhow, that was wild. So anyhow, then I found my current therapist on motherfucking Google Maps. <laughs> You're like, who's close to me? Was that kind of like your exactly. criteria? Yeah. Yes. But it was kind of funny because I, fa- I found them and then they um, ended up being in Massachusetts. That They had moved to Massachusetts. Oh, okay. And so we do all our appointments on uh, video chat, but that's it's totally fine. But so they're actually in Massachusetts. Yeah, but they're still licensed in California and Florida. Oh, oh wow. Interesting. Well, yeah, see, that's, at least they had they had some time in the Bay Area, so they understand our Bay Area collective thought, <laughs> potentially. Oh, yeah, and they're, like, super queer, non-binary, yeah, see, like, great. Um, all it. about it. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I like to have a queer therapist i've never thought about that Mo- maybe mainly for me it's not like i feel like they're doing anything it's just talking to a straight person about gay stuff yeah. is sometimes it's my own internalized mm. weirdness that yeah. makes me feel tense about it right i can i can see why having a queer therapist would be would make you more comfortable or it would definitely be more helpful i wanted to like when my dad passed away i wanted to find like a a therapist who had like who has who like understood like immigration affairs you know like someone who who just under who was either an immigrant or had like a real understanding of like the immigrant life in this country kind of a thing you need a palestinian therapist or i don't know if i need a palestinian specifically but just someone who can relate to people who aren't from here who come in who come here from another place that's like complicated you know like i just didn't want someone who was like oh i'm so sorry your dad died just you know i didn't i wanted someone who had like more depth around like the yeah. human experience and especially the immigrant human experience you know so but that, that's like yes. so specific it's oh, really hard to find you know like people don't really put that in their bio necessarily you know yeah anyhow yes it's so hard <laughs> and yeah okay we can move on from the therapy um, talk. but i just really agree with that i mean i do think that we are all humankind we are all b- brothers but there is something to be said about having shared experience and being able to be really understood by someone. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, Maysoon, here's the deal. What's the deal? Tell me more. Well, there's going to be an opening this Saturday. Is that not you this You don't Saturday. say. This is Saturday. Is Saturday? No, today's Tomorrow. Friday. Tomorrow. Yeah, we're recording now on the 25th. <gasps> I'm literally Walter. under attack right now. I am hanging on for dear life. <laughs> oh, what a cute... I just love I to think of Wally attacking he, you. It's like so outrageously cute. <laughs> I keep picking him up to get him to chill Calm out. And, and then he just snarfles into the mic. Oh. Do you hear him? I can't. I'm sure you can hear him really well because you have your mic headphones on. Sherwin Rio is having an opening on Saturday, December 3rd from 12 to 5. Over there at 500 Cap Street. Oh, okay. The show is called As Above, So Below. Mm-hmm. Um, it's di- interdisciplinary art. It's site-specific and research-based sculpture, installation, video, performance, and audio. Nice. Um, oh, oh, Maysoon, yes. check this Tell out. Oh, my God. Oh, Are you hearing Walter. this? <laughs> yes. Wally, totally it's fine. Whining. We're in my studio, and this is, oh, my God. <laughs> We're in my studio, and this is his most hated place on the planet Earth. Is it? Why? Okay, I feel like he's. I don't so know. Much he just really there. hates it here. I think he like smells my garbage can and thinks there's food in it. Oh, poor okay. guy. Okay. <laughs> um, 
He was inspired by Ireland's... Oh, David Ireland. See, I thought they were talking about the country. This is oh. my constant problem. <laughs> um, Wait, he, let's, he read it. let's read by... it as if he was inspired by Ireland. Can okay, I just hear it that way first? By... Yeah. Yeah, sure. He was inspired by Ireland's affinity for enclosure. <laughs> See, I wouldn't... I don't think that's right. <laughs> that doesn't work. Uh, particularly his deep interest in the house's basement, a space Ireland called the Grotto, where he sourced dirt for his work and spent many hours in solitude. Hmm. I've never been into that <sighs> okay. space. I've heard about it, but I, I hope maybe it'll be open for visitors. The basement. Yeah, I don't know if I've been down there. I mean, it sounds like it's probably a raw space, right? Where it's just, there's not a lot of, it's mostly dirt still. Okay, well, Carlos... Jaramillo has a show called Tierra del Sol, L.A. Is this in L.A.? Wait, that was it about the Sherman Rio at David Ireland? Yeah. Okay, no problem. Oh, the new Guerrero Gallery in L.A. has a show by Carlos Jaramillo. I don't know. You might be an L.A. listener because you're, like, traveling around. because you're an art world person. Yeah, the show sounds cool. This is his first solo show in L.A. and his first exhibition at um, their gallery. But what's their gallery called now? It's not still called Guerrero Gallery. It's not? It's called Guerrero Gallery L.A. Oh, okay. It is called Guerrero Gallery. I got so confused when they opened. I was like, oh, shit, I'm missing the opening. I need to go to it because it had like Sarah Hotchkiss, I think, and like all these artists. Oh, you mean the L.A. LA Gallery? Yeah, Uh-oh. and I was like, fuck, I gotta go. And then um, I heard from Jay Panza that <laughs> it was in L.A. And I was like, oh, well, I'm off the hook. <laughs> You're definitely off the hook in that case. Yeah. That's okay, cool. but go see this show in L.A. because it is exploring the athletic and cultural event El Clasico de las Americas, California's largest charriada. I'm so sorry. Anytime I'm trying to do anything. I'm fucking it up. A multifaceted rodeo event descended from Mexico following Spanish colonization. Jaramillo captures the event in all its energy, beauty, and resiliency. This sounds really cool. Hmm. Should we go to L.A.? I mean, I would love to go to L.A. I haven't been to L.A. in so long. Okay, let's go. Let's fucking go. How are we going to do that? Just come get me. Well, we need a car. If anybody's selling their car, reach out. Give us a call. 419-351-6606. Also, if you want, you know, call us if you have comments or questions about the show or the art or the Bay Area art and culture scene. <laughs> Not, um, you no can also just about therapy and cars. <laughs> We're like car sure. talk all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, I love it. Click and clack. Hello and welcome to Car Talk Thank on you. National it's Public pleasure Radio. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> With us, Click and Clack the Tappet Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week from the construction division here at Car Talk Plaza. Hell yes. The um, okay, but may soon, uh, another thing is uh, you can tweet us at Pine Tree Podcast. For as long as Twitter still exists, the Twitter drama's been <laughs> off the hook. Um, and then you can email us, congratulationspinetree at gmail.com. And if you want to give us a donation, like our beautiful, effervescent, <laughs> sustaining donors, Jim Prosser and Anonymous, you can go to congratulationspinetree.com and hit that donate button. Yes, you can. Um, May soon, did you know that Rick Pralinger is doing the Lost Landscapes Ooh, 2022? I love when he does those. Where is he doing it this time? Okay. 
it is going to be Tuesday and Wednesday, December 13th and 14th at 7 p.m. Doors at 6.30 at the Herbst Theater. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's too big. Isn't that I'm just that's amazed right that he has that, house. That's right there in my place of employment. Well, let's go. I can't commit to that right now. Why? Because I don't want to stay in my work building. <laughs> oh, come on. No, isn't that shitty? Yeah, I know. No, I'm with you. Once I'm I done, gotta, I gotta at think a about it. For a I second. wanna fucking run. <laughs> you kinda just wanna, wanna run, run away. Out. Yeah. Jack Fisher's gotta show up. All right. <laughs> you always say it just uh, like Minnesota that. Street Project has a No, I don't like Jack Fisher. Aw, Kate, that's just so harsh. Why you gotta cry about it? He screamed at my friend and I'm never getting well, it. Why over do it. we even need to say he's gotta show up then? Just don't say it. I like to say it. Okay, great. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> You like to say his name, but you don't like to. <laughs> Kate, put this on your list. What's my list? Your list of things to talk therapy. about to my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, who else? Now? What else? Who else holds the show? You said Minnesota Street. They got a bunch of stuff. Anglum Trimble's got a show called Bulmaletic Zoom Blue Dot Stills. I don't understand. What did you just say? What language <sighs> are we speaking? Here? Curated by Carol Covington. Okay. It's a this Bulmaletic is a collaborative duo, Sign Tolerude Bull and Dragon Maletic. This is going to be some freaky like future. I mean, I don't shit even I understand what's happening, but I think it, maybe we should go check it out and learn learn for ourselves. They always got the weirdo stuff. Um, the Jones Institute. What the fuck is the Jones I don't Institute? Know. No idea. No idea. Sorry. Apparently, there's a place there called the Jones Institute, and Carrie Maxson is presenting three series: Moonshadow, Cogitation, and Plumline. The artist's current work includes ink drawings on handmade paper that ponder nature, energy, and the weight of symbols. Okay, I don't fucking. They got. They're like mixed. You know, they things have changed over there. Gosh, Wally, what do you think is happening? Just get in your bed and go to sleep. (laughs) Poor guy. He doesn't want to be in there. It's dark and cold. It is cold. He wants. He's a little old guy. He's got his little bed. I have a really good bed here. I know. There he goes. Okay. Wally. Okay. Themes and projects at Minnesota Street has a show by uh, Seiko Tachibana called Cosmos Forest. I wonder, is everybody showing their works on paper because it's like Christmas time? Oh, no. Really? It's like by, by gift kind what of do you a think? thing. I guess we are kind of in like the holiday fair moment. Is that kind of um, cynical of me to think that? I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think that, but... Thank you. Oh, you mean you didn't think it was cynical or you didn't think it was Christmas I didn't, cash grab? I didn't think the Christmas cash grab thing, but why don't we go and ask? Well, Let's I'm just a very go and find out. crusty old sea hag. <laughs> sea hag, just like in Popeye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, White Window, Afton Love is the show up at Mun- Municipal Bonds. I've never heard of these places. No, Municipal soon. Bonds has been there for a little while. Oh, okay. <laughs> Were they, what? what's up with it? I don't, I think they're on the second floor. And I want to say they're at the far, they're like at the, at the opposite end of Rena Branston. Okay. They're, I think they're a pretty small spot. I think that's huh. which, what, the space they're in. I could be wrong. 
Um, Salt to Catch Ghosts is still up. You really should go see that if you haven't already. That's going to be up until December 17th. Where is that Salt to Catch Ghosts? I like that. Slash. Oh. Slash. I was just on their website and couldn't find the thing. Okay. Yeah, get in there. Uh, um, Bitforms SF has some weirdo artificial um, something. Oh, there's a Chris Johansson show that, over at Altman Siegel. And then Color Code... The show at McAvoy is up until January 21st, so you got plenty of time. Um, Root Division has their Misfit Maker Christmas art thing. That on one is December super 10th. fun. I highly recommend that to everyone. Ah, it is a fun holiday pop-up where you can go uh, get some art made by local artists. And they're making the art live. It's a lot of fun. It is really fun. Have you ever done that one? Can no, you, they never invite oh, me. I feel like you would be great for that. Well, I don't know. Guys, Do you I think could you... make some great little bullshit. <laughs> Maybe don't solicit it that way. <laughs> I could make some Lee Bontecu Muppets. Oh, oh my God. That'd be so cute if you made like little. Can you make little mini finger puppets? Yes, I can make oh anything. Oh, my God. See, Root Division, doesn't that sound so great? I'm into it. It's pretty sad when you're trying to just like peddle your free labor <laughs> and then it's not getting taken up. I think you get paid for it though. I mean, if someone buys something, right? Oh, it's really? Still, I think so. There must be a percentage. Maybe you get a cut or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Don't peddle your free labor. It's fine. Well, I'm just desperate to just give my free labor away and no <laughs> one's taking it. Everybody who's listening, take note. Um, over there at BAM PFA, they have a new Matrix show that's going up on January 25th. So you got plenty of time to plan oh, <laughs> your travel. Mirror Material is their juried show. So yeah. it's a juried show. That's, oh, it's already closed. Well, don't go there. Oh, it's down. Damn, that was oh, a okay. fast. Are that they closed for the month. holiday? Fucking hell. I wanted to actually see that show. Don't be mad at them. I'm not mad. I'm just sad I missed it. That's Love all. them. Uh, just mad at myself, Kate. Oh, good. Okay, um, so the new Matrix show over there at BAM PFA is called Theater of Human Melting. Wow. Huh? Pretty good. It's by Frank Moore, and it looks like it's some paintings, and I'm kind of excited. You're kind of excited. It's the first museum exhibition of work by Frank Moore, the late Berkeley artist who was an important figure in the Bay Area's counterculture movement in the 1970s. It will feature more than 30 of Moore's paintings, and uh, they look real freaky, and I'm excited. Uh, Oh, wait, I know Frank Moore. Okay. He Okay, born with a disability that affected his speech and movement, Moore produced a vast body of work focused on the relationships between bodies and objects, subjects and observers. A graduate of SFAI, Moore was deeply influenced by the countercultural currents of the Bay Area in the 1970s, mm. becoming widely known for provocative performance art. This is why I know him, because he, I was kind of um, looking into him when I was um, researching about, like, Annie Sprinkle and all these, like, sex kind of related performance artists and like queer performance art although I don't think Frank Moore was gay but his work was like really erotic Hmm. and like interesting about like bodies and disability oh yeah wow yeah that's 
becoming widely known for provocative performance art presentations that incorporated nudity and eroticism as well as shamanic practices. Let's go see that show. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. And I love a painting. You don't get to see much paintings these days. Yeah, people kind of hate paintings these days. (laughs) Unless you're going to an art fair. Oh, right. Um, Over at At All Mission Street, they have an artist named Raydell Early on view. And I believe this is a creative growth artist. Um, that is okay, Mason. We saw about four hundred thousand. Oh 7th, yeah, go ahead. Up through January seventh. That's right. Okay, Mason. We saw about six hundred thousand things. So let's talk about those now. Okay, six hundred thousand things. Well, we haven't since the last episode. We saw Brontes Pernell at at the lab right that's right we saw his performance that was wild because we kept being like we walked out um it was in the in theater rhinoceros or whatever in the little black box theater in the back uh behind the lab's main space right and uh and we walked in and there was a bed set up yep and Kate was and like, we were are like, they oh. going to be having sex? Is there going to be sex on that? And I was like, I don't know. Let's yeah. not. I was like, is he going to be fucking someone? And then I also and remember Mason Kate like, oh, I hope specifically not. being like, let's not sit in the front row just in case. <laughs> just in case. Yep. You never know. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. If you're going to get so sprayed we sat about with some three shit. rows back. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Because I saw Brontez in a performance and I'm pretty sure it was him. It was in a Keith Hennessy performance at YBCA back in like 2013 or something. Where he pissed on the ground and then, like, swam in the piss. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be in the front row for that or near that, I guess. <clears throat> but anyhow, and so I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And so we sat about three rows back. Sure enough, he comes out pretty early on in the performance. We knew he naked. was going to be naked. That was like a given. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. But he comes out stark naked and he goes exactly behind us. So his dick was like practically up against the back of me. It was like entangled in my hairdo. (laughs) I just hope it felt good. (laughs) And I was like, it was an interesting performance. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying Uh it was about, uh, we'll give the listeners a little bit of a recap on what he was. Apparently it was based on, yeah, it was based on some piece of writing by Sylvia Plath about. Oh yeah. uh, Lucy based on Sylvia Plath's short story, Johnny Panic and the Bible of Dreams. Yeah. In which the protagonist, a receptionist at a mental health clinic, acts as a sort of medium for the living as he secretly records the dreams, fears, and anxieties of those he encounters. Oh, there you go. And then in the thing, he has this whole monologue about his dad being the god of anxiety. And I was really into that. That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But then I just felt like it was kind of um, that it didn't go as deep on that as I thought it was going to. And there were some very beautiful moments. But for me, it just didn't feel like it ever really dug in and got started a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, there was like it was kind of in chunks where there were video elements and Brontes did a little bit of movement stuff and he played a song and then there was this like live stream um like closer video of him doing this yeah doing this like memory game with cards i i mean i think it was all evocative of this like mental you know like having a mental break or i mean i'm really definitely into that as a topic i mean the bed Um, yeah the bed definitely had like an institutional kind of feel you know yeah that's that 
And I thought his like, but there was also a lot of repetition, which I understand that is like, you know, if you're having a mental health crisis or if you have like anxiety or depression or OCD or whatever, like repetition and and saying things or thinking things over and over again, that definitely feels relevant to the topic. Mm-hmm. But it's it's hard to <laughs> sometimes it's kind of as an audience member, it feels like you're stuck a a little bit, mm. you know, mm-hmm. with with the re- repetitive stuff. And, like, the videos would loop, and there was this um, piece of writing that you hear audio of, and then he did a live reading of it, and it's, like, these phrases and things are coming back again and again, and it was just a little tough for me, I have to say. Yeah. I I went in, I didn't do, I didn't read it all about what the piece was about, so I didn't have the Sylvia Plath even in my mind and haven't read that story anyhow, so I don't know if I would have been able to... Um, take anything away with a uh, specific to that to the top i mean i guess to this mm, the subject matter he was approaching but uh-huh. um yeah i mean i i guess i enjoyed it to i i enjoyed a lot of the elements i think just sort of visually or I, whatever it was doing in my mind just sitting sitting there observing uh there was that also um the early on there was that one moment i kind of wish he had played with this a little bit more um the one piece of audience interaction where we all had to turn our flashlights on. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. We turned our phone lights on. The theater was totally dark and we turned our phone lights on and that was the light, like spotlighting him. Yeah. And so that was interesting. And so everyone would like, wherever he was, you would just sort of try to follow him with your phone. And um, that was just, it was just an interesting element. And I don't, maybe it wouldn't have been effective if he had done it an, another time. But I, I just think as far as highlighting specific moments, it could have been useful, you know, or sort of really elevating specific moments. I think that could have been a useful tool to use yeah. again is all. Yeah. Yeah. It did feel kind of like a sketch or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good on you. And we also saw a suite or a flight of three performances <laughs> at Counterpulse. Yes. Um, including what was that first one called? Dark. So there was a piece called Dark, and that was by Jess Curtis and Gravity. Okay, so it was like about darkness, and some of the performers were like blind or visually impaired. So when you go into the theater, it's completely pitch dark. And by pitch dark, it's l- literally you cannot see your hand in front of your face. There were no yeah, lights. All like nothing. the exit Your signs. Your eyes aren't adjusting to shit. Any of like the glow in the dark floor markers that you might see in a dance space, everything was covered. Literally everything was covered. Yes. Yes. And so when you go into the theater, you have your little group and you like have your hand on the shoulder of the person in front of you. And one of the performers is leading you into the space and kind of telling you, like laying it out and telling you where to go. And the person leading us was one of the blind performers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And um, so she was like really knew how to fucking navigate space. Amazing. Not only navigate space for themselves, but for a group of people behind them who are not yeah. used to not being able to see you know like it's a really interesting and so that was i mean that part that for me that was the best part of it was just getting into the theater <laughs> i will i will let listeners know that i like panicked i had a little bit like of a moment where like i couldn't go in with the people i was there with which is you know kate and a couple well, other people, of our friends 
Yes, the people working for the theater were making it sound like we were about to get dropped into a fucking shark tank. Yeah, they they like I I first of all I was the one who conv- like who invited everyone to come and join me on this performance because I had talked to the choreographer yeah. Jess Curtis earlier or the week before at another lab event. And uh-huh. he was like, oh, you should come. And he was explaining it. And I was like, oh, that sounds really great. Like a performance in the dark. It's something you don't get to do very often. Um, and so I was yeah. super sold on it from the beginning. But then when we got there, when they were sort of giving their you know, remarks to the audience, they stressed so much how dark, how dark it was going to be. It's very dark. You won't be able to see. Be careful. We're going to go in in small groups. Like there was so much emphasis that it like, yeah, somehow were, my brain yeah. like went uh, haywire i was like i i it just couldn't deal it was a perfect <laughs> storm for anxiety yeah it was so and, weird uh, so i had to like they gave us yeah. glow sticks they gave us glow sticks and to crack in case we freaked out and needed them to take us them out to take you out it was really it was a lot like it was just it was maybe more than Nest. They set it up to be scary. They set it up fuck. to be like really <laughs> panicky. And so it's like, I like literally we walked inside the door and I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> and I walked back yeah, out to the lobby. But you did end up coming in at the end. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Like I, you saw the whole performance. I saw the whole performance. Or, well, didn't see anything. I didn't you see, didn't see shit. I did see. The, I, <laughs> I left, sat in the corner for a second. Like there was a bench in the corner. I wasn't on the floor like in, yeah. a, in a fetal position. It wasn't that dramatic. <laughs> Ooh, Lord, you would have gotten tripped over. Um, I just like chilled for a second and then I, I was like I don't want to miss this fucking performance this is the whole reason why I'm here you know so then I, I was like Jess came up to me and was like hey do you want to go and I was like yeah I just got a little bit panicky but I do want to see the performance is there a way I, he was like well I think there's a seat like right on the edge where you can like get out if you need to I was like okay great Yeah. so he brought me in he brought me in I was like we were all holding hands or like three of us holding hands going in and I sat down on a, a row with other people who were in the performance, and it was great. It was, it was. I mean, it was a really beautiful piece. What we learned about it was also that it's, um, it's kind of a work in progress. So it, it might change a little bit, but that the premiere will be in Berlin. The choreographer spends half of his time in Berlin, half of his time here, and so it'll premiere in Berlin at some point, and then come back to Counterpulse. So I definitely will go again. I'm going to bring everyone I can. I hopefully there will be multiple nights when people can go see it. But it was just it was. I just thought it was really beautifully done. I mean, I loved just the beginning. Of course, you're expecting when you're sitting in a room that's dark and you're at a performance. You're like, okay, this is gonna this is gonna play with our other senses. And yeah, there was definitely the sound element. Remember that Pete? The beginning was like the um, the walking sticks that uh, vision impaired people use. Yeah, canes. Canes. Yeah. yeah. Um, like just the tapping sweeping across sweeping the and tapping. tapping and you know they used the they were dynamic with it right where maybe it was slow but it would speed up and it would get like what you expect in dance is like different kind of levels scary. you know different different um energy levels also and so you could hear that right. happening just with the sound which is really great but it also just for me yeah. made me imagine like are they running through the space are they just standing there tapping their stick because i mean you could hear all this movement which was so like for me so surprising in a space that dark right but that's just because we're as sighted people aren't used to that right so it's just it was really it was really great i i thought it was a really beautiful piece i was so preoccupied with (laughs) trying to figure out what was the layout of the space we were in. oh uh-huh you you so you um, couldn't tell when you went in like you didn't go around like four sides or three sides before all. you sat I, down because I was imagining that we were walking into like a theater with like 
you know, stadium seating or whatever, like, yeah. or like rows of chairs facing a stage. Right. But when you so when you desperate. walked in, you couldn't like feel the shape just based on the path that you were taking. No. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I was so disoriented. Yeah. And then I was saying to Ken Lowe, who was with us, I was like, are we sitting on the stage? Mm-hmm. And and then the person who let us in, the performer, I think her name was Tiffany, was like, told me the entire layout of the room, but I am fucking, I don't have a good mind for that. Yeah. I was like, I don't under, like, I, I heard everything, but I didn't, I couldn't picture it. And so um that's the main thing i was thinking about yeah (laughs) the whole time was like where are we and where is everyone in really like okay so that i was thinking about that big time Mm -hmm. and then um all the all the stuff that happened while it was absolutely totally dark was pretty good i thought some of the there was some stuff that was said out loud like kind of there were uh, monologue. There was also a point when they were exactly. they were counting, like they would say like three steps forward, you know, like and you could hear them yeah. counting and moving. Yeah, and there was like some percussiony kind of vibes with the footsteps and yeah, and things like that. Um, and that was all interesting. But then, as it goes on, the lights come up. The things do happen visually with light. Yeah. Like at one point they were in like a tableau and um one of the performers was kind of touching the bodies of the dancers who were kind of in in a tab like a frozen tableau and describing out loud what what he was touching. Well, he was highlighting them with a flashlight. So he was sort of outlining right. the and body. Right. And so we could see and then saying yeah. it in German, or like he was outlining the yes. body, and then saying what he was outlining in German, and then that was being translated by someone else. So he would into say, English, yeah, yeah, into English. Thank you, yeah. And so he would say like, you know, a head, head and shoulder, or arm outstretched, arm two hands to hand to to in, hand touching yeah, another hold, hand or holding, yeah. Um, so that was interesting. And then there was also a point where their lights came up behind the audience. So then I saw the fucking audience and oh. we were in like a horseshoe around a square performance there space were basically that was four, on the same four level rows as us. On each, yeah, we were on right. the stage is what, what you would call that. Chairs on the stage. Basically, we were on the fucking stage. Yeah. I knew it. Yes. I fucking knew it. Yeah, good. <laughs> And uh, point is... The lights, I mean, the lights were still very dim, I should say. Like, the lights never fully came yeah. on. The first the first moment but of light... But I think light, the lights should never come on. There should have well, been nothing. I feel like for me, the one the one thing that I f- was sort of like, uh, ho-hum about was the first interaction with light was this the dancers on, on their cell phones. Oh, and right. And they were reading At, they at were one reading point, they're things. all just walking around. And it yeah, was just like, with it their... was just such a bummer. Because I was like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yes, we all love our cell phones. We need them. We use them constantly. But there was something about like, uh, maybe it was, yeah, that maybe felt it was a little critiquing cell phone use. I, I, I just was sort of like, I wasn't able to think about what the meaning. I don't think it meant, no. I think that they didn't mean for it to have this big conceptual thing about phones. Okay. 
I thought I felt but how it was could you just not for the think lighting that? For you know what I mean? Oh yeah, of course. Because it's your fucking cell phone. There's so many. It's just it's such a it's so symbolic in so many shitty ways. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. So that yeah. I I wish they they were able to introduce light in a different way, not with cell yeah. Phones. I'd be interested to know what that the kind of intention with that. Yeah, it, it didn't was. ruin the piece, but it was sort of like uh. <laughs> boo and you know and it was it wasn't it wasn't terrible but i was i just was it's just not my jam i'm sure there's other people who really loved that it was a cell phone and then they had like some of the words yeah were a little on the nose yeah like so they're looking at their cell phone the phones are playing audio of people speaking and then the performers are also speaking and yeah the performers are also reading snippets were like i kind of can't remember the snippets i i'm so bad at remembering text but some of the text i thought was really good there was one there was one text that they kept saying this is in the dark about like about something having to be dismantled in order to like move forward oh yeah that was a part i like i it loved was about that. like dismantling empire yes ah oh, fuck it, it was that was a good it was part. really beautiful we should have remembered and it that. was i feel like that that was such an important line and i i loved that it got repeated repeated and repeated yeah that part was you know good. it made me think of like so much about like our fucked up world and how so many people are trying to dismantle and it's so fucking hard and there's so many things in the way of making this a better place for so many people and I mean, that that just felt like really relevant and important to me, that line. And I'm sorry that I can't remember it. But well, we couldn't write it down because it was it absolutely, was absolutely dark. pitch black and we couldn't bring out our phones because we didn't want to add any light to the situation. It was just no, a you, whole co- thing. you were not allowed to have any device that emitted light. Yeah. But there was also yeah. a moment where it went to black again, I think mostly black. And there was Kate and I, we were talking about this, that. You know, they, they stressed so much how dark it was, but then they didn't get consent, right, for any kind of touch, yes. which was interesting. So there was this moment where, like, I could feel, like, hear someone sit next to me, and then slowly they leaned onto me, like, leaned onto my shoulder and side, and yes. then they kind of and somebody was down. crawling around my legs and rubbing their head on my it legs. It kind of felt like a cat. Like, if, there, if you had a large cat walking by you who just was, like, rubbing its head and body yeah. against your shins. It wasn't like... They didn't like slip a. F- <laughs> oh my God, Kate! <laughs> bleeping that, but, bleeping. yeah, please bleep that. So that was I actually personally I loved that because I have a dance background. Some of you may know, and uh, contact improv can be really fun if you're doing it with someone who's really good at it. Also, and it just that sure. we- it weirdly one made me think about how they didn't get consent but i wasn't i wasn't freaking out i was just like oh and then it made me want to like actually dance and like get into the room with them you know what i mean i was like okay mason stay in your chair oh that would have been <laughs> wild if you did that just because it's such a it's such an invitation when someone touches you to respond in some way right i, I to me in general like wow that was not my feeling oh uh, well all. for me i'm <laughs> for me in a place like that which is a f- fairly safe space right you, you know what i mean uh-huh. I I yeah. loved that. I just I loved it, but it just reminded me of dance dancing with dancing with others, basically, which I really appreciated. Yeah. But it was interesting that they didn't. They spent so much time talking about the dark, and then no time talking about consent or that there might be some touch, but that it would be minimal. Or yes, why would you not say that? Yeah, especially in the dark. I mean, that could really really trigger something for someone. You know what I mean? Yes, dude. Yeah, it was interesting highly recommended highly highly recommended for oh really okay really you don't seems like there's some major issues there oh there (laughs) i don't know about major but it depends i guess yeah i mean just know going in that you might get touched 
you might have a little freak out that they're telling you you're about to die going into the darkest theater ever in existence. I think they were mostly concerned that people would trip or something. But then they had the glow lights, which is oh, like, yeah, you might also sure. have an anxiety attack while you're in here in the yes, dark. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes. I highly recommend the experience. Can that be? Yeah, just really know do. what you're getting into just and know you'll be fine. It's going to be fine. There will be light. So you, you're in the dark for like a period of time and then they bring up the lights a little bit and then go back to the dark. So it's not like, you know, I just, I really look for art viewing experiences that are outside of the norm. It's really hard to find. And so when they show up, you're like, I'm like desperate for it, you know? Yeah. I love that. I hear you. I love that. Okay, Mason, I just can I just have like a can I put a timer on for one minute and I can talk about this movie I watched? <laughs> sure. Okay, people, here's the deal. I fucking watched this movie with fucking Florence Pugh. It's on Netflix. It's called The Wonder. Yeah. And it's about an English nurse who goes to Ireland because in a tiny, tiny village in Ireland, this young woman, and it's all set right after the famine. Okay. Now, keep in mind, the fucking famine was not a famine. The British could have fucking sorted everything out, but the British were fucking taking Ireland's food. So not only was there a blight on the potatoes, but also the fucking imperialist Brits had to fucking fuck everyone to death. And that was the biggest exodus from Ireland. The population still to this day hasn't recovered. Okay, keep this in mind. So British nurse goes to go debunk that this young girl had survived for four months without food. And the, you know, the people were super Catholic and religious and they were saying it was like a miracle. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, Florence Pugh goes out there. I'm not going to spoil the whole movie, but she basically... It's basically about this British nurse going and doing a fucking, you know, savior, British savior thing for these backwards Irish yokels. And I felt the entire thing was anti-Irish propaganda. I can't believe it got made. I stand against it wholeheartedly. And I think it's a goddamn atrocity that this movie got made. How dare you, Netflix? And how dare you, Florence Pugh and everybody involved? Oh, I usually like Florence Pugh. That's a bummer. I know. What is it called? It's not Don't Worry, Darling. It's called The Wonder. Oh, and that's my timer. It's called The Wonder. I'm very interested. You should still watch it, Maysoon. I'm interested in what you have to say. As a fellow Irish, partially Irish person. That's correct. So please get get in there deep. And uh, it's supposed to be about the power of storytelling. But the only story I got was that the Brits are garbage. But that's but that's not the story they were trying to tell. They weren't trying to say this happened and because the Brits are fucking garbage. They're they no, were, like, covering they were all basically that shit up. saying, like, look at these nasty ass Irish freaks. And thank God Florence Pugh is flying in to save everybody. And I say, shucky our law. Ooh, what does that mean? Shh, fuck off. That Shut means your mouth. Our day will come. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's when you were learning uh, Gaelic. We should learn Irish after you're done learning uh, Arabic. I will never be done learning Arabic. I should have learned. Well, uh, no one in my family what? spoke what Gaelic. I was just going to say I should have learned Gaelic, but I'm like, I not many people. Folks I mean, in Ireland also speak Irish. 
Yeah, contemporary Irish people have to learn it in school, but I don't think there's too many like people speaking it. Wait, do they on do they they basis. do learn it in school still? That's awesome. Yeah, they Amazing. have to. Yeah, very interesting. They're keeping their culture alive. I love it. No thanks to the 800 years of British oppression that apparently Florence Pugh loves and dreams about every night. She's very young. I I mean, not that that's an excuse for her to take on roles that are Hell no. shitty, but... Shout out to our one British listener, my friend Bobble Rob, if he's listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> Bobble Rob, let us know what you think. Has he watched the movie he yet? He knows I love to get on my high horse. <laughs> Well, I love to take the elevator. You up know to the my story. You know the story about why I didn't do study abroad in England or in London, right? Have you heard that story before? No. <laughs> when I was in college, I had I had gotten into Goldsmiths uh, study semester abroad. Goldsmiths is a school in London. Uh-huh. In London, yes, it's a very prestigious. Yeah, school. for art history, and I was super psyched. I was going to go my junior year, and then my mom and I had a very long, deep conversation about how we were both feeling like we didn't want to give money to the British government. <laughs> Holy shit, you crazy bitches. So, so I literally didn't go because I also was like having anxiety about it. And my mom was too. And we we're like, we just, it's just like, it's so thinking about it in hindsight, I'm like, what the fucking fuck? <laughs> but that's that's where my head was as like a what 20 year old 18 19 year old how old are you when you're in college i don't even remember you were a real hippie i was a real i don't know what i was uh, we were like no we I can't we can't can't support the fucking british government can't and their oppression that. of the continued Fuck oppression yeah. of the irish as irish people yes papa papa and so i didn't go i never studied abroad people <laughs> i wish we could do it now Study abroad? Can I know? Can free. we study abroad as adults? Please, Goldsmiths, will yeah, you take somebody me now? Give us a stipend. <laughs> Don't go to fucking Goldsmiths, dude. Let's go to Trinity College in Dublin. Oh yeah, that'd be cute. Oh, Trinity College is hell. Great. Yes, fuck yes. Anyhow, I always think that's really funny when I think about that, and just like so classic me as a young person, just extreme, extreme <laughs> everything. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, well, May soon we're gonna be flying the tricolor from the bridge to the other bridge to the Irish in between. Uh-huh. This has been <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> pine, pine tree. tree. That was.